Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where it's a new season. Welcome to season four. I'm Void, and I'm kind of here with my co-host, Beige. Not really. Life came up this week, so I'm going to warn everybody straight up front that if you are a new listener looking to jump in at the beginning of a new season, this is not the most representative episode of what we normally do. I would recommend either checking out the two before this, where we cover end-of-the-year stuff. Those are always super fun. Or jump ahead one or two to kind of see like what a normal formatted episode looks like. But if you're a regular listener... Uh, BJ and I just had life happen, not in a bad way. It's his birthday, and then I had some other stuff happen, and uh, our schedules got out of whack. So he recorded a little bit about what he's been doing, and I'm going to do the same here. And we always like to kick off a new season by talking about like what we did over break, what we did over the holidays. We always buy ourselves like two, it feels like almost three weeks off, and we just have time to like geek out about things. So I asked him, and I said I would do the same to just kind of talk about the things that like, I mean, we see each other's lists. We know the things that we can talk about and that we kind of want to discuss. I said, pull out all the quick hit things that you want to talk about that aren't really like discussion because, you know, the other person doesn't have as much to latch on there. And we'll save all of the discussion points for next week and we'll kind of go over those. So I'll kick us off and then VJ is going to jump in here in a little bit with his own recording um, and I'll get everything put together and in your feed like I always do. I just want to stay up front that uh, I listen to a ton of the Giant Bombcast, their Game of the Year coverage. I love the way they do Game of the Year stuff. Like, I love the way we do it, too. It's fun. It's perfect for us. But Giant Bomb, if you guys don't listen to them, they do really long podcast episodes and streaming. And I don't really watch the streaming, but the podcast episodes is probably, like, two to three hours every week. So when they do the end of the year podcast, they do, like, five days of podcasting. And every podcast that they do is, like, two to six hours discussing games of the year and what they like about them and the merits of them and like why one game should go above another in different categories and they they categorize a whole bunch of things and give them different awards and they top uh they pick a top three for each of the awards and i think that that process discussion is actually in a lot of ways better than just the lists that you see on so many sites that just say here are the best ones because we decided they actually let you hear the whole discussion process so i want to give a shout out to giant bombcast it's they've been around forever so you guys probably know them already if you listen to other video game podcasts but if not give it a listen especially their end of the year stuff it's really good for me um quick game updates i played a bunch of smash brothers ultimate it's still good i'm still having fun me and my kids are playing it i think i'm gonna main young link instead of toon link because of some of the changes that they made between the last version and this version there's subtle changes if you don't play a bunch of link characters you would probably never notice but i i really like the way that like the bombs are handled and some of the things around the smash attack like it just fits my playstyle better so i think young link is kind of where i'm spending most of my time these days and then i played spider-man silver lining dlc which is the third part of the three-part episode dlc for spider-man the single player stuff and it was a really good way to wrap up the three-part series it tied everything back in from the other two dlc episodes it was much much better than episode two and it was good just like episode one was really good so it just in general it made me more excited for spider-man 2 whenever that eventually comes out and the dlc kind of ends on a cliffhanger that i'm sure is like gonna directly feed into the next spider-man game so that was cool to see too it was just kind of like getting a couple extra episodes out of that story even though the main game was done so i appreciated that even though i don't normally go for single player dlc this one was totally worth the money i loved it i also tried out battlefield 5 uh the war stories were decent but they didn't really have the same impact on me that last year's battlefield one did so i was was a little bit let down they were okay they just weren't amazing like they were the other year 
besides that, it was like a really, really buggy game. And I had so much trouble even getting into multiplayer. And when it did, it took forever to load. And then once I got in, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is more Battlefield multiplayer. So I bounced off the multiplayer pretty quick, even though I still enjoyed the single player. There's one game I wanted to mention that I played a bunch over break on my phone because we were traveling. We were out of town for part of it. But uh, this game called Hold Down, which I think I'm a little late to the party. I feel like I've heard people talk about it earlier in the year, and I just never gave it a look. So... Hold down is kind of like Brick Breaker from back in the day, but it's like downward facing and every one of the bricks has these like curved edges. So you can do like bank shots off of almost every one. And it's not complicated, but it's just satisfying, especially with all of the things you can do. It's amazing how much like the curved edges of the bricks give you options that you never had in like traditional Brick Breaker. And there's progression between levels. So Every time you go, you unlock more of these, I don't even know what they are, gems or something, um, that kind of carry over into the metagame, and you can use them to upgrade your abilities and upgrade your stuff, and then you can use that to unlock more levels. So there's this like little meta progression loop that I think gives a lot to the game, but I mean, it's just fun. You're trying to mine down to the core of a planet or an asteroid or whatever by bouncing balls around obstacles, and once you get up a couple levels, you're bouncing like 50 balls. Like There's so many, and it's just, I don't know. it's fun. It's easy. It's simple. I played it a ton over break, but I can easily recommend that one. I think it's a couple bucks on iOS and I think it's on Android too. For books, I didn't get a whole lot of chance to do reading, which I'm kind of sad about, but I'm hoping to get back into it soon. Um, The one thing that I did get was the Final Fantasy Ultimania Archive Volume 2. So this is the one that shows you all the behind the scenes. Uh, Some of it is like stories and info, but it's more about the art and the process and like seeing the world. And I don't know, it was cool. It, it's it's an art book for Final Fantasy, and it gives you a little bit extra detail about the game on top of that. So uh, Ultimania Archive Volume 2 covered Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. And some of my favorite stuff in there were the storyboards that they had for like scenes and summons and some of the CG cutscenes. They were super cool to be able to see like the early stages of all that and how they all came together. So there's lots of good art, lots of good info about the games. If you're a super huge Final Fantasy nerd like I am, I can recommend those. Those are great. Uh, volume 1 and Volume 2 at this point. And Volume 3 is supposed to come out soon. It's not out yet. The other big thing that I did was because we were out of town and we were with family, I got a chance to play a lot of board games. And some of them were uh, classics that I know that I've, well, not really classic classics, but classics for me, things that are like evergreen that I go back to a lot that I feel like I've probably talked about these on the show. So I'm not going to belabor the point. So like Love Letter, Pandemic, um, and, you know, just a bunch of other ones that are staples that I've talked about before. Uh, but I got to try new ones and that was probably the most interesting thing. So I tried Betrayal at the House on the Hill and that was super fascinating. You are a bunch of people going into this mansion. I don't even know what the story is behind it, but basically you explore this like haunted mansion until things break bad for lack of a better term and the haunt starts and one of you is the traitor so one of you gets to read a set of secret rules that the traitor gets to know and then everybody else reads like the accompanying piece out of a different book that gives you like the flavor text about what's going on but not all the info so you have two different sets of rules suddenly that are playing against each other and one player is trying to like destroy the other players it was so fun even like playing it with me my wife uh two other people who had never played the game and then two people who had played the game it was a ton of fun and as soon as I got home I looked it up and there's actually a Betrayal Legacy version and so now we're kind of contemplating getting that because we had so much fun with it if we can get a regular group together I think we're going to make that purchase so I will definitely report back if we do that 
Uh, I also got to finally break out Arboretum, which is a game that I've had for a long time. I just never like took the 20 minutes to sit down and learn how to play, but I learned how to play it. And then my kids and my wife and I all played a ton of it. And it's simple. It's kind of, it's not that different from standard card deck where you have, you know, numbers and suits, but instead of that, you have numbers and you have tree types and the trees are different color. And it's all about making a beautiful arboretum with paths through it and trying to be able to hold on to enough in your hand to score those paths at the end of the game. So it's it's not really a trick-taking game, but there's there are things in there that reminded me of it that you have to like think about suits, think about the interaction between what you're doing and what the other players are doing. Um, it was really fun, though. So Arboretum was great, and that's like a lightweight game. It doesn't take up a much a whole lot of space so that'll probably go into my bag every time i travel for a while here i also got to play scythe scythe was so fascinating because it's one of those games where i don't have anybody who's like uh as into gaming and like heavy duty games as i am so i would never buy scythe but i jumped at the chance to play it because where i was with family there were a bunch of people who are that type of gamer and they have regular groups that get together for it so scythe is like a very intense euro game with also like a tactical game element on top of it and if you don't know what you're doing two of us had never played two people had played um it still took probably like two hours but i could see that game like if you are not used to playing board games if you really have to understand things before you can make decisions that one could drag as you try to learn it so i'm glad that we had the group that we did um but like i said it's somewhere between a euro game which is really like resource management and having your own board you know kind of picking which action you do on a given turn almost like worker placement type stuff in places and a tactics game so you actually have units that can get into battles and that kind of stuff too and it's those two living side by side it's not a ton of like action and attacking but a lot of it is about positioning and threatening to do things just because of where your board position is i really liked it but it's also extremely complicated this is a game that probably isn't for most people um i honestly i can't think of like maybe one or two of my friends that are super huge into gaming um I could recommend it to them if they had the right group, but I would say for like 99.9% .9 of people, I can't recommend Scythe, but I just had to talk about it because like I was excited and I really want to play it again. So that was cool. The other thing for board gaming was that my brother bought me Keyforge for Christmas and Keyforge is super interesting. It's by the guy who made Magic and he's made, or Magic the Gathering, he's made tons of things over the years, but Keyforge has unique decks. So every deck in the game is completely unique and they're supposed to be balanced against each other, and it's just an algorithmically generated deck that has its very own name and its very own card back, and you're not allowed to mix and match cards. So there's no deck building ever. It's truly about opening up a deck and then making it work for you. So there's no mana in this game, which is one of the things I love. The decks are relatively cheap, which is also awesome. It's like nine bucks to go grab a deck, so it would be very easy to like spend a night like once you know the game you have friends who are playing the game just go out and grab a couple decks and like okay we're gonna open these blind and play against each other like i could see myself doing that i think my brother and i are gonna end up doing that probably a few other times beyond what we did over the break um there's no deck building which in my mind is always a positive i that's like my least favorite part of these type of games and there's some flavor in it i mean there's like seven different houses each one has a different play style every deck is made up of three of those houses randomly assigned so like you kind of you know there's a mix and match between the houses every single deck that you open and it's fun to see what are the interactions in my deck how do i just like make this work because 
that's the challenge, right? So Keyforge was super cool. Uh, I want to play more of it, and that's another one that I'll probably play again soon and then report back. So I have some other thoughts about Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, which managed to suck me back into play for a while, and then Hades, which I've been playing early access. But I want to talk about all those with Beige because I think he might have thoughts, and I think he might be mad at me for even spending more time on Red Dead Redemption 2. So we'll see what he says next week when we come back around to those. Besides that, really quick, I won't make it long since this is uh, kind of a mini episode, but uh, you can always support us on Patreon if you go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast And the network is amazing. Our Geek to Geek podcast network, uh, Geek to Tube, Joe Hogan and Ray Vargas. I know they released a couple new episodes recently, like Aquaman and like a 2018 year recap. Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, they also released their like recap of the year and what they've been geeking out about lately. Um, everybody's kind of getting into their next season and getting things going again, which is awesome. And then we have, and I'm, I'm sad BJ isn't here for this announcement because we've been working on this for like a month. So I'm going to keep this very low key and we'll talk about it more next week. But we have two streamers that we're adding to the network. So Troidal and Capsule J. Capsule J, which you've probably heard us talk about because he's been our fearless moderator on Reddit for a long time. And both of them are amazing streamers. They're amazing guys. And they kind of dabble in other things too with like blogging and who knows? I mean, I'm pretty sure that they're going to start getting pulled onto some podcasts here on the network. So that'll be fun too. But We're expanding the network because we're always looking for more people that want to do that community building. And both of these guys are all about it. They're already a part of our community. So we're super excited to announce that Troidal and Capsule J both are going to be streaming and they're going to be part of the network. So you can find them on Twitch. Uh, We'll give you better information next week. I promise. So with all of that said, uh, I'm going to kick it over to Beach because I know that he recorded a part two and then I'll be back here right at the end to wrap things up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the geek to geek cast We are Void and Beige, except Void isn't here. I'm just Beige. We're recording separately this week, even though it is the first episode of the year. Uh, because of that, things happened. Life is going on. And so we are going to do short minisodes where you can hear both of us talk about some of the stuff we were doing over the holidays before we get together and really have discussions about a lot of it more in depth about some of the rest of it. So I hope you guys had a fantastic holiday season. I hope everything was magnificent for you, that you got everything that you wanted. You saw everyone you wanted to see, and you didn't see the people you didn't want to see. So uh, I just hope everything was magnificent, and I hope that 2019 has started out really, really well for you. I also wanted to thank everybody. This is the start of season four for the show, so we've made it through three whole seasons, and it's because of you guys. So I wanted to thank you for that. Uh, Thank you for listening to us and really just being the fantastic awesome human beings that you really are so we couldn't do this without you so really literally we could not do this so there would be no reason to so thank you so very much um so digging in on some of the stuff that we did over christmas break that i did specifically was um i've been playing a lot of rpgs lately i've been playing a lot of persona 5 of dragon quest 11 of pokemon games of cosmic star heroin and i've really been trying to dig in on these and i realized that i'm going to talk a little bit about persona here because i do want to have a discussion with void uh next week or as i progress through them because i finally got into persona 5 and it's magnificent i'm probably 30 hours into it right now and 
I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I do, that the social elements of it that I really didn't think were going to be my thing are honestly the part of the game that I find myself the most engrossed in, where I, I love the combat, I love the the dungeon running, the, the things that you have to do in these palaces, their dungeons, that you cannot beat most of the time in a single sitting, that they are so large and the, the way that they are laid out and put together is that there's so tied into the narrative that you have to the, the game is split into days so you have to leave and sleep and then come back on a different day because things are happening in the real world so it is just just great that way i didn't think i was going to like that very much but the more i've played it the more it really just has a great rhythm to it the graphics are beautiful and what void said earlier like two years ago i guess the game is as stylized as anything else and it's just so stylish like everything just pops and it's wonderful. I care about these characters. That and there's even a kind of it's kind of a Pokemon collection kind of game with the demons, where you're fusing demons and uh, with the personas, and you can you really you know you you negotiate with them to bring them to your side and and work with you, and then then weirdly enough you kill them and. When you kill two of them at least, and maybe and sometimes more, they fuse together into a new, more powerful one. It's a really good system, and it's really fun to collect all of them. So I can certainly see, and if I do a new game plus at any point of trying to get every one of the personas, uh, it's great. And this has made me want to go back through all of the other Persona games and really do a playthrough, like Void did a Final Fantasy and of Zelda, to play from the beginning of the series to the end. So I have Persona Four already on Vita, the Persona 4 Golden, and I've played it some. I'm a few hours into it, and it's really, really good. I even went back and found my old save game. I was able to find it, uh, backed it up on my PS3, and so I've been playing it a little bit, but not a lot because I've really invested in Persona 5. So I'm really wanting to go back from 1 all the way through, uh, including Persona Q on the 3DS. So we'll see how that goes, uh, because I'm playing Persona 1 uh, Shin Megami Tensei on the Vita, the PS Vita, there is a release that they did for it that makes a better translation and ad adaptation of the Japanese version uh, than the Revelations Persona was in the mid-90s for the PlayStation 1. Um, so I'm really excited to play through those. But that first one is a little rough around the edges, and by a little, I mean a lot. So I'm hoping that as I go through it, I'll either really fall into the game, or that may be one where, uh, kind of like Final Fantasy 3, where it's like, I know what this game is. Is, I see all of it and now I need to move on because I've hear I hear even better things about Persona 2 uh, and then 3 is where they get the series going now uh, so that's been fun I have been playing Dragon Quest 11 and it's it's been it's great it is a magnificent game if you are interested in JRPGs at all it, uh, Dragon Quest 11 is a wonderful place to to start we've talked about it a bit on the podcast last season and I just wanted to say that my friend Austin finally finished it up I got it for him for his birthday in early November and just as they came up here for Christmas, maybe a few days before Christmas, I think, or maybe it was a couple days after, I don't remember, uh, but he platinumed it. So he got everything through uh, Dragon Quest Eleven that he said it is uh, right up there with Final Fantasy IX as his favorite RPG of all time. And that's that's a lot. Like when, you, when he says that it's near Final Fantasy IX, that is some of the highest praise I've ever heard for a game. So that is, that is just, I just wanted to let you guys know that, uh, that he's going back through and now playing through all the 
Dragon Quest games from one all the way through. And I think he beat Dragon Quest one in like three days on iOS. So uh, like like the man is crazy about Dragon Quest. And I think that's a rousing endorsement for you guys to uh, to go play it if you haven't or have been uh, hesitant on it for some reason. Very traditional JRPG, but but just a magnificent one itself. Um, also, I've played Starlink Battle for Atlas. Uh, your lovely neighborhood void, lovely neighborhood, not friendly neighborhood, your lovely neighborhood void, sent me Starlink Battle for Atlas for Christmas, and it is great. Uh, the R-Wing that you play with, that you attach it to your controller, the two Joy-Cons go down in the side of the, uh, the mount for it, so you're controlling it with this ship in your hands. And even though there aren't motion controls, that I've found so far if there are they're turned off and I can't you know I haven't been able to play with them yet or you know I can't find them but it it makes me go and hold this thing that that is a good six and a half to eight inches uh uh probably eight inches with uh, wingspan and I'm flying around in this open world game shooting monsters and circling around and I'm I'm actually moving it with my controller like it's one of those things where I feel like I'm like a seven-year-old doing this where it's uh, moving my controller like you do with Mario Kart trying to do it but I feel like that because I actually have a spaceship on there I'm like pew 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 and I've done that a lot too uh, with it to my wife so it's uh it was it's a lot of fun I really do like that and it does feel like a, a Star Fox game because I have it on the Switch. He got it for me for Switch. And if you'll remember a few weeks ago, we did an episode uh, where we were talking about this as uh, if it w- I, where I said it sounded like it would be. I, I saw the, the cover of it and thought, man, that's a new Star Fox game. And it wasn't. And he said, you know, the Nintendo Switch one uh, basically is. It's got Fox and the R-Wing and all this. Da, 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 da. You can go listen to the episode if you want. Um, but that said, uh, it is a Star Fox game. If you've ever wondered what an open world Star Fox game would be and play like uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas is it it is super fun Uh, really really good exploration in it Uh, I fly around a lot and you know uh, in terms of TV things like that the Nailed It holiday special the Nailed It holiday season because it's a whole season of TV is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life y'all it is great it is you know gut busting funny where I was lying on the couch and and hurting because I was laughing so hard. It was it was great and hilarious and it made me realize I want to be on Nailed It. That I could absolutely be on Nailed It uh, holiday or Nailed It anytime. Like I think I would get along with the hosts. I think that, that Nicole and I would be like besties. Uh, that it would just be great. That if you guys have, have watched the, the regular seasons of Nailed It and you liked that kind of parody cooking show nailed at holiday they leaned in nailed at holiday is what is the original seasons is what they did in the first two seasons only it's straight up better that that if you have thought about doing it it doesn't matter that it's holiday it really doesn't just watch it at any point during the year and i think that you will find yourself just cackling at this so i did a lot of other stuff over the break i just want to very briefly mention we've been watching the harry potter movies again uh and they're great i'm going to be talking about that a little bit more i think whenever i finish recording this i may go in there and watch order of the phoenix because we've been working our way through them and they're they're just as wonderful as i remember them being and prisoner of azkaban is a technical 
theoretical masterpiece. It's so good. Alfonso Cuaron is just a magnificent director. And I saw Into the Spider-Verse, and I'm going to wait to really talk about that with Void. Uh, but just so if you hear this, and I'm sure you've heard it from everyone else, but if you have an opportunity to see this in the theater, you absolutely should. It is a visual just feast of, of colors and the way that they do all the animations. Um I know I talked a little bit about it last time. I think on the, the the last episode that we did, we recorded so many of them last month. But I want to to point out, y'all need to go see that again. And then the last thing that I've really been doing most of all, and I'll talk a lot about this next time, is I got really into Pokemon. I was talking with my nephew, and he got into it um, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now. And I've talked a little bit on it at the end of last season. And so I'm playing through Ultra Sun. I, had, I got Let's Go for Christmas. And oh my god, it's great. I finished my Pokedex in like five days in Let's Go. And so I'm 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 kind of all in. I'm playing Ultra Sun right now. I think my buddy's getting me Alpha Sapphire for my birthday, um, which is tomorrow. Yay! I'm recording this and my, my 36th birthday is tomorrow. So yay! You guys are listening to this one day after my birthday, but you can still send birthday wishes uh, to Professor Beej on Twitter. Uh, that's my handle. I'm not referring to myself in the third person. Though I'm kind of referring to myself in the third person, but you you know what's going on and so but I, I i'm really excited and the only thing that I, I have on this one that i'm really sad about is that because i started on my new 3ds that i got uh, earlier this year i and i let my my nephew play my old omega ruby game that we had on my wife's uh 2ds and we had a digital copy of it and that means that i lost all of the pokemon there i couldn't put them in the bank and so i actually realized today when i was looking around i lost some mythical pokemon i can't get back like a volcanion and i think a jirahi or something like that um and a couple of others so it it made me kind of sad but uh I'll get them. I'll find someone who will trade them to me. That's kind of what I'm working on. I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm kind of in that collection completist mood. If you uh, if you couldn't tell between how much I'm I'm in on Persona because of the the Persona collection infusing and the uh, the Pokemon trying to uh, actually fill out a Pokedex. Um, when Austin told me that uh, about three years ago, when his daughter was born, that he filled out an 800 Pokemon living Pokedex uh, while he was taking care of her. Uh, uh, it kind of with Omega uh, Alpha Sapphire uh, when that we were playing those together that made me really want one myself and so I was already halfway through Ultra Sun at that point so now as I start Alpha Sapphire I'm going to be working on this stuff so that is going to be something something <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than it's going to be something and I want to talk about it with Void uh, next time when we get together because I know he uh, he plays all of these so they come out and so I'm kind of playing catch up right now um, except for Let's Go which I know he he uh he's talked about some on the podcast last uh last season so well you guys that's me that's what i've been kind of up to i've been playing like i said i've been playing a lot of pokemon so i'm going to be talking about it a lot more at length uh, next time we do this but just everything's good the holidays were hard uh had a really tough year last year but add it, it, it's over we've we've made it through that i made it through that and a lot of that was because of the support that you guys had a lot of you guys reached out over over the course of the year over the course of of just the holidays checking in on me and that that means the world to me. I want to let you guys know that. I want you to hear that from me, that uh, those of you who are like, hey, how you doing, dude, meant so much to me uh, just to know that you guys were uh, were thinking about me. So thank you for that. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Well, I guess I will talk to you guys soon. You will not 
see me or I won't see you, but you will hear me and then I will hear back from you. Hopefully, you know how the podcast thing works. I will be back next week and we will have our normal discussion. And like I said, thanks for tuning in. And I don't know what order this is going to be airing in, but here's Void. There you go. That's what Beej has been up to. That'll about do it for this week. You can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we have Slack. We have Discord. You can go to discord.geek2geekcast.com, slack.geek2geekcast.com. You can get an invite, hang out with us, and the podcast network we always love to give the shout out um if you want you can head over to geek to geekcastcom and see all the shows on the network i blog at agreenmushroom.com you can find me at, at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's you can find bj on twitter at professor beach that's beach with two e's in it and he blogs at geekfitness.net uh i've been void and beach has been here for part of the episode i haven't gotten to talk to him yet but next week but that's it we had your geek to geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks everyone i'm katie and i'm chelsea and we are the hosts of tea time with katie and chelsea we are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want katie yes stop thinking about zach efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about well we've talked about zach efron no get it together katie fine we've talked about fan fiction classical literature adaptations favorite tv couples and so much more so grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.